Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. A podcast, a vidcast, whatever cast is out there, we're so glad that you joined us today. And uh, you know, if you're ever in the area, come say hey. Uh, we'll treat you just like you're at home. And uh, don't forget to watch our daily Bible show called Wake Up. It's just a 10-minute one. It starts on Pray.com this week. We're very excited. They reached out, got us. They want it on there. And so we're very excited about airing this week. But also it's the number one daily Bible study on YouTube. And so we start your day with a scripture for your day, pray every day. It's like 10 minutes long. But it's a really great, encouraging way to get forth and, and going out into the world. And we got battles and things to go on. But it's great to have some hope and some excitement inside of us. We're in our Triggered series and uh, I'm really getting so many uh, messages and, and emails from people that this is really impacting their life because we live in such an emotional world today where emotions are controlling people. But when we allow our emotions in the driver's seat of our life, how many people know they don't take us where we want to go? We're, not, we're supposed to be spirit-led, not emotionally driven. And so when those negative emotions begin to drive my life, they'll never drive me to God's best. They never drive me to hope. They'll never drive me to happiness. They'll never drive me. To, they'll drive me right to depression, stress, worry, anxiety, anger. This is where the negative emotions take us. They take us to a place we don't want to go. And so we as a congregation have to be different and have to say, as for my life, I drive my emotions. You don't get up in the morning and tell me where to go. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. I'm going to go forth with a good attitude. Come on, somebody out there. I'm going to go out with joy and happiness and peace. Our staple scripture, I'm hoping that's, okay, good, because it was like this big. I'm like, I'll never read that. Uh, our staple scripture is out of Ephesians 4.26. It says, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you. Don't let them lead you uh, to sin. Don't, don't let them take you to anger and rudeness and, and to be mean and to, and to, to say things about people and, and to put people down. Don't, don't allow your emotions to do that. Don't let anger, which we found out that every negative emotion always takes you to anger, right? Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge. Not even for a day, not for a moment, not for a... Don't allow it. It's just making a mess out of your life. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. How many people know how many times we can all think that we were manipulated by our emotions by the devil in the middle of a relationship, in the middle of a thing, right? Came home, you're right, tired, and, and spouse says, and you say, and before long, boy, it's a crazy night of emotions. That could have been a great night, but because we had two people not in control of their emotions, the night was ruined. But if we can learn to control our emotions, even when other people don't, that I can navigate the relationships in my life and I can help get them right to where God wants them to be. We were talking about last week that most of the negative emotions that we deal with come from people. People are people and people do selfish things. They do mean things all around us, right? And today we're going to be talking about how the fires of these relationships can start up in our life. And I know you're pretty amazed at, at our amazing... <laughs> Right, that's pretty, that, that, just so you know, that's not real. I know it looks real. <laughs> Don't think, man, the church has got a lot of money. We're just spending money on props. <laughs> so funny because I have a pastor friend. He was telling me they spent $20,000 building a whale for his Jonah series. And I'm like, 
That's nothing. You should see our fire, right? We'll blow you away at Livermore Bible Church. This is what we do. You know, oftentimes in relationships, though, uh, uh, people will say things and, and do things, right? right? Joe at the office is talking bad about you, right? And so what do you do when people are doing things that are wrong, that, that are hurtful? They say hurtful things. They say something rude, right? It could be a boyfriend, girlfriend, a loved one. It could be a, a parent, right? The people, this, people do this all the time. They're, they are taken out of our world. And we have a choice. There's the world's way and there's a God's way. The world's way is we pour gasoline on the fire. How many people know, what does that do to a fire? Makes it bigger, right? You said about me, so now I'm going to talk about you. Does that ever make it better? Right? Somebody says something rude to you, and you say something rude back. Does it make the situation any better, or did you just put gasoline on it? And here's the thing that I want you to know. We serve a God of many chances, right? He's got a second chances, third chances, four chances. What's better than, than getting a fourth chance is never needing a fourth chance because you stop doing it the world's way with gasoline on chance number three in the middle of your mess, right? And you did it God's way. God's way is the opposite, right? The world says, if you hurt, I'm going to hurt you. God's like, yeah, that's broken. It doesn't work. It's never made anything better. God's way is by putting the word of God, applying some water to the fires of our life. As I begin to apply the water to the fires, the word, you give me hurt, I give you encouragement. You say something mean, I say something kind. You put me down, I build you up. When I put this on the fires of the relationship, I begin to put out the messes of my life rather than making them any bigger. You know, I got two stories for you today out of the Bible. One did it God's way and one did it the world's way. First, I want to go to uh, 1 Peter 3. Uh, nine and show you this scripture. Do not repay evil. So don't repay somebody's rudeness. Don't repay somebody's backstabbing. Don't repay when somebody's trying to take from you with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessings. Wait a second. So you said something bad. I don't say bad back, but instead I say something good, right? Because to this you were called. How many people know that we got in the Jesus line when we got saved? Come on, somebody. When we got in the Jesus line, we do things different. Sorry, I don't do it the world's way. Yeah, I get it that, that you take credit for what I do at the office. And, and what I should do is slander you, but I don't do that. I talk nothing but hope and peace and joy about your life. Because I do things differently. Keep that scripture up for me, please. Right? Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. God says, wait a second. When you don't do it the world's way, there's a heavenly blessing that comes to you. When I do do it the world's way, I cut myself off from that blessing. That ble I don't get that anymore. And the problem is, is that most of the time, we're trying to get our blessing from the world, but it doesn't come that way. So if I do it the world's way, I get world results. But God says, do it my way, you'll get godly results, which is a blessing in your life. They say hurtful things, you say kind things. God goes, here you go. Right? They take the credit, you're like, well, pastor, that's not fair. Here's the thing that we have to realize. Life's not fair. I get that. And right, so many times that we try so hard to be right that we end up making things wrong. And Jesus says this. He goes, you got to get wrong to make things right. You get a marriage of two people both trying to be right all the time. It makes it very wrong. But if you get even one person in that marriage to go, hey, I'll be wrong, and all of a sudden the marriage got right. You started out the night with a fight. Come on, somebody out there. You started out the night with a fight, 
and you both dug in to be right, and it was so wrong. But one person just goes, yeah, I was wrong, and I apologize, right? And your wrongness begins to get right. We live in a world where you try to take, so I take. God goes, no, that's not how the best life is. When you try to take from me, I give to you. You say, give me a mile, I give you two miles. You say, hey, let me have your coat. I say, take my jacket, take my hat, take whatever it is. And as I begin to give, there becomes a blessing that becomes afforded to me that man can never give to me. It is a bigger blessing than the world could ever imagine. I was, uh, I had a guy uh, uh, want prayer, this was a few years ago. He said, hey, uh, well, I'm going in tomorrow with the lawyers and the family to, to do the will. And it's crazy. We are fighting like we never had. And something that their parents had worked hard for to be a blessing to the family is bringing division because everybody is trying to take. I say, do this. Go into the meeting tomorrow with a different attitude. You be the voice of, what do you want? Let me give it to you. He's like, well, well, well I won't get as much. I go, but people are more important than stuff. I said, just go in with a mindset that you are going to be the giver in this and just be giving wherever you can give. Just do that. And so he called me the next day. He says, it, it was crazy. It was unbelievably amazing. I don't even know what to tell you. Like I got in there and everybody's like, I want, I want, I want, I want. And I just go, yeah, yeah, you can have that. And you can have that. Yeah, 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 take that. He goes, I, I just began to give away stuff. And he goes, everything I was giving was wrong. It was all wrong, right? But by the time we got to like close to the end, people like my brothers and my sisters began to go, well, this is not fair. Hey, let us give you this. And then somebody goes, let me give you this. And they began, as a family, began to navigate. He goes, it was such a great reunion and experience. And I said, yeah, because we only need one person in the moment to show what God is like. We need one person to say, stuff is not as important as you are. God can replace the stuff, but you are priceless. The relationship is priceless. And as we begin to operate, returning, take, we give. Hurt with giving you hope and encouragement. We see that things in our life begin to change. So two stories today from the Bible. One did it God's way, got God's results. One did it the world's way. The first one is Abraham. Abraham was told to go out and, and leave his land and go to the land God was going to give him. Well, he took Lot with him, which I think you know, he wasn't supposed to. We all make mistakes and we have a God of second, third, fourth chances. So it's not a big deal. So he takes Lot with him. Well, it makes a mess. And so now everyone's fighting. Lot, Abraham's people, everybody is just a big old argument and fight. And you know what? Abraham would have been right to say, hey, God gave me this. This is all mine. I don't know what to tell you. Gather your people, get your camels, get out of here. This is all my stuff, right? That would have been the right thing for him. It's right, but it would have made everything so wrong if he stood in his rightness. But instead, Abraham decided to, to be wrong to make it right. So Abraham said to Lot, he goes, pick what you want. What do you want? If you go left, I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. Pick whatever you want, right? And when we do those things in our mind, we go, yeah, but Lot's going to pick the best, right? That's what we say. Lot, we, and we know that, and people do, and Lot picked the best, right? And we go, so now I lose the best, and he gets the best? But once again, we have to shift our mind that we think that the world is my source. When God is my source, when I give the best, God gives me even better. It's different. When Lakin and Heath were uh, my two oldest uh, boys, when they were six and like five years old, I was at the bashes and, and they had cookies in the bakery as I passed by. And I, it got me excited because they had like a big cookie and they had like a little cookie. 
And, and I, I got so excited. I bought you know, one of each. And, and, and because one of the things that really I can see it in my mind, one of the big moments of my childhood was when my dad had two baked potatoes. I love baked potatoes. He had a big one and a little one. And I was about the same age. And he goes, which one do you want? I picked the big one. And then he had a really cool thing of sharing. Whenever you pick first, you always pick the smaller. And it stuck with me. It's been kind of one of those guiding parts of my character, of my life. It was so important. So I got excited that this was legacy, that today I was going to impart to my children such things that guided my life that's going to really be a difference maker. And so I got home. I said, Lakin, hey, Dad's got cookies. And they came running up, had the big one, had the little one. I said, Lakin, my oldest, I said, which cookie do you want? He goes, I want the big one. And I went, aha, gotcha. And, I, and so then I, I, I went into... A, amazing, right? Just an incredible like teaching, sermon, like I could have had an altar call, got everybody saved. It was so good, right? I, I, right? And I was so, you know, you give, you pick first, you take the smaller, and it's kind and nice. It was so good. And I looked at my son with all the pride in my eyes. I said, son, which cookie do you want? He goes, I want the big one. I go, no, you don't want the big one. So you hear nothing I said. I said, no, no, when you pick first, right, I go, you, you take the little one. He goes, well, then why would I want to pick first? I, I want the big one. I go, no, that's not what you do. The nice thing is to pick the little one. He goes, it's not nice to me. I'm like, is that, is that? So I, like, I go, well, what would Jesus do? And he goes, well, Jesus would pick the big one. I go, he wouldn't pick the big one. He goes, dad, Jesus is a pretty big guy. He'd want the big one. I go, he's not, no. He wouldn't pick the big one at all. He'd pick the little, like, so I'm having like this debate with my son about what Jesus picked as far as a cookie. So then I got, I got so mad and angry. I said, I said, here's the thing, son. And I'm going to tell you what, you're going to get a whole lot of crazy, dad. You got one more chance. You're going to pick the small one. You pick the big one. Things are going to get crazy in this house. just letting you, giving you a warning. Son, which cookie do you want? Right? And he goes, um, you know, why don't we let Heath pick? Really? That's what we're going to do? Nobody gets a cookie then. I go, nope, everybody lost cookies today. Dad's going to eat all the cookies because we can't seem to figure it out. But this is what we do in life. We think I got to pick the big one, not realizing that our job in life is to pick the little one. And when he picked the little one, God gives me a bigger one than the big one in life. Come on, somebody out there. So watch this. So Abraham uh, in uh, Genesis 13, 14. The Lord, so Lot took the best... And so then the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had departed from him, God said, look around from where you are to the north, the south, the east, and the west. To all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring. There are things that we do in this lifetime that are giving, that will echo through the eternity of our generations to come. That it goes down to my children's children's children because I operated in the principles of God rather than the principles of man. God says, yeah, you gave a little bit of land, but I'm going to give you a whole lot more land that you can even imagine. This is how God does life. That when we learn to navigate the fires of the relationship by simply gathering ourselves and going, hey, emotions, you're not going to run me. I'm going I'm to put an end to the fire by simply putting some biblical principles, some biblical love, put some encouragement stuff and throw some water on the fire and watch as my relationships in my life begin to flourish. There was a, a lady who uh, had, had called, uh, or, I'm sorry, she Facebook messaged me and she, she said, hey, I just got a, I just got a big a fight and argument with my landlord out in the parking lot. We screamed at each other forever, right? We've been doing it all week long. Every time we see each other, we're just screaming. And so she's like, I'm a sewer, and I'm mad and upset. And so I was like, well, so what's going on? 
She goes, well, somebody keeps parking in my parking spot. I got one parking spot. Keep parking in my parking spot. And you know what? And she's supposed to change the locks on my door. And this has been going on for months. I haven't changed the locks on the door. I got ants in my place trying to get rid of the ants. My toilet seat fell off. It's broken. She hasn't fixed the toilet seat. She goes, and I'm done. I'm taking her to court. And I go, okay. So after you take her to court, and let's say you do win, how is the rest of your experience going to be there with that landlord? Like, are they going to jump when you have a need? Are they, going to, or are they going to kind of put you on the back burner and wait for the last moment? How is that going to help in the relationship? She said, well, it's not, probably not going to be great. I said, well, what if you try a different strategy? Just, just try, this is what I do. Anytime I, I rent a VRBO or anything, I determine in my mind that I am the giver and not the taker. That, that I'm trying to be the greatest tenant they've ever had, something that, they're, 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 they don't, they've never experienced before. When things break, I fix it, and then I let them know. I did that over the summer. I had a lot of things break over the summer in the house that we were staying. Text the guy, just, and he, he, he thinks I'm the greatest thing in the world. Why is that? Because I'm not trying to take, I'm trying to give. Everything that I'm doing is trying to give to this person. So that next year when I want the place, I'm first on the list. And so I said, so go, go down. I said, the locks, watch a YouTube video. There's like two screws. Take the, take the deadbolt out. Go down to Home Depot. It's like $15. They'll rekey it for you. Put it back on. Simple. Toilet seats, literally you don't even need a tool. There's just little plastic things. You unscrew it. Right? Go down to Home Depot. Toilet seats, another $16. There's some ant stuff you can buy for like $9.99. Get the pellets. It'll kill all the ants. I said, and then what I want you to do is separate like a day or so. And every, every so often, just let her know this week, hey, don't worry about the locks. Uh, I took care of it. I know you're so busy. And I'm just praying that, that God blesses you. I said, just say that. And every time you see her, say, hi, how are you? Be super kind. Be overly nice to her, right? I said, then the toilet seat. And like a week later, she messaged me. She goes, Scott, I, I think we're like best friends now. She said, I don't, I don't even know what happened. Like, this lady loves me. She towed the car that keeps parking in my spot. I said, that's what happens. When I love, I begin to get somebody that's on my side. You can battle over $20 locks. You can battle over some ants that you can take care of because you are right. And you are so right that you make the circumstance wrong. Or you can take the Bible to it and you can begin to be wrong and God turns it all right in your life. This is how we do life. Now, we got uh, Samson, different story. Samson, I, you know, I'm a little annoyed at the Sunday school teachers because... My perception of what I grew up in was Samson was his victim of all these ladies. He made bad choices, but, but the Philistines and everything, he was just a victim. But when you read the story, as I did this last week, and you see it through the eyes of just, I, I'm just reading, I'm like, oh my gosh. Samson created his own problems. He was not in control of his emotions. Strongest guy to walk the face of the earth, maybe outside of Jesus Christ, right? So powerful, yet so weak because his emotions led his life. And he kept making mess after mess after mess. And so he meets this beautiful woman, falls madly in love. This is the one I want, right? This is the one I want. And so, I keep forgetting, I'm a, uh, Gilbert, I keep reading off of there. And here I got this, right? Uh, but Samson said to his father, right, he saw this. He goes, get her for me. I read that, I go, wouldn't that have been so much easier, men, uh, dating in high school? I just come home, I go, hey, yeah, this girl, Kim, go get her, <laughs> right? I have to ask her on a date, don't have to do flowers, right? So he goes, get her for me. She's the one I want. She's the right one. Now here's the key part. I've never, I've never seen this. His father and mother had no idea that God was behind this. Wait a second. God brought this woman into his life. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Now, I don't know the reason, right? It doesn't bear out too much in the reasons. 
Uh, but could this have been the one woman that God had that was going to help him navigate leading Israel? Was this going to be a woman that was going to help him be better? Was this going to be a woman that helped him get in control of his emotions? I don't know. Could be. I mean, God sends people into our lives to make us better. At the, at the, at the wedding festival, his wife gets manipulated by some people. And so she ends up uh, 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 giving away Samson's secret and made a big mess. Get it. It was her fault. I get it. We all make mistakes, though. This is what I talked about last week. It's grace. Samson had been strong, you know, smart, the woman of his dreams, the woman that he loves. It's a wedding to sit her down and go, that was rude. Don't be rude. Like, this is not how we do family, right? It had been good to have a good conversation in a loving, caring way, right? She'd be sorry. Everybody be sorry. It'd be good. Been great. But that's not what Samson does because he's controlled by his emotions. So he gets so angry, he goes, kills a bunch of dudes, comes back. And then the next scripture says this, because he was burning with anger he returned to his father's home. So he left the wedding and everything. Who knows what he said? Angry, hurtful things he said. And off he went. As we do oftentimes in life. Now remember this. We'll make mistakes. Everybody in here will get our emotions. will get the best of us. It happens. But what do you do after you have the emotional meltdown? Do you put more gasoline on the fire? Or are you going to be the person that decides, I'm going to put some water on the fire. I'm not going to keep this fire going. Samson's a gasoline guy. This is the way Samson is. Because he comes back, he cools down finally, right after he made his big baby fit. And he comes back and he goes, hey, where's my wife? And that goes, what are you talking about? Like you were so mad, angry, you hated all of us. Right? Like, and you just took off. You left. We thought you were never coming back. So she got married to another dude, right? That's a bummer, right? So what does Samson do? Does he walk in kindness? Go, nope, okay, I get it. It was my fault. It's on me. No, Samson doesn't do that, right? He's burning with fire, so he's going to throw some gasoline. So he goes down and he burns all the crops, which is great. This is, now, once again, from, from looking from it from a human standpoint, you go, well, that's mean. This is, these people worked hard for their crops. This is their food. This is their livelihood. You burned all their crops. What do you think is going to happen, Samson? Are you going to burn their crops? And they go, well, we deserved it. Thank you so much. Right? You're in the office and you start slandering them. Did you think that everybody's going to go, yeah, great. That was good. That was a good move. Thank you for slandering. You know, Bob over in printing, you really made the place great. Thank you for doing that. Right? But for some reason, we think that we begin to burn it all down because we get a burn it down mentality. Right? We're in, we're fighting with the spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, burn it down. Right? You started arguing about you know, the color of cheese and next thing you know, you're talking bad about his parents and your parents and everything horrible you've ever done, your shoe size, everything's bad, right? Just make it, just burn it all down. And so he does. So what did they do? Now once again, I give you fire, I give you gas, and what does the world do? So the world does it as a sad part of the story. They grab his love of his life and their family, and they burn her. That's sad, right? Really, there you go. So now what does Samson do? So now Samson go out and go kill thousands. And then what are they going to do, right? And then they get him, and they poke his eyes out. And then he kills them all. And you just see that this is a cycle of burn, 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 burn it all down till there's nothing left. We do that so many times in relationships, in people, around us, everything. Burn it all down, get rid of it, and we just set fire to everything. But we have to be people that are different. That in the midst of everything burning, we stop putting gasoline on it and we start putting some Jesus Christ on it. We begin to put some love and some compassion on it. We begin to put encouragement on it. Stop the fire. You could be in the moment of a big fight with your spouse. And all you have to do is step back and go, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Begin to put some more. Now, it may take a little bit more water. How many people know that it doesn't take much gas, but it takes a lot of water? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, don't think you go home and go, well, that little pastor is full of garbage, right? I said sorry, and she's like, oh, yeah, you're sorry. Yeah, you are sorry. You're a sorry person. You go, didn't work. And then you get mad. <laughs> you know, sometimes we got a little fire. Some of them, come on, man. Sometimes we set a little fire, a little blazing. It's going to take a lot of water to get that fire out. But water always works. The Bible always works. I was, um, I love to grocery shop. I do. I, it is weird. I know. I do. I literally look forward to it. And it comes back to, you know, things in your childhood affect who you are as an adult. As, as a child, we never got name brands anything, right? I don't know about you all. We grew up very poor. And so we didn't get the super cool name brands. We literally went to a store a few times when I was a kid. And I don't know if anybody remembers this. There was a store that they advertised no name brands. It was all black and white boxes and bags everywhere. I don't know if anybody remembers that, right? You walk in and you're like in an old Dick Van Dyke commercial. Like you're like, whoa, this is, everything's black and white. Right? And it was a scary store. Like, I don't know where it was. I just remember a kid walking in. I'm like, this is a scary place, right? There's like, over the bakery, there's like illegal dog fighting going on. Like, you're like, you're like this is crazy. So, right? And so, uh, you know, growing up, I didn't get the super cool. Like, my friends would get Cheetos. We got orange puffy sticks. Anybody right? <laughs> and what's crazy, like Cheetos, you get orange on your fingers and you just go wash it off. Orange puffy sticks never comes off. It's still with me today. You can see just remnants of it. That's like a tattoo on there. You would get hamburger helper. We would get beef assistant, right? I'd be like, hey, mom, can we get wheat thins? She's got, we got toasted white squares, right? here in the basket for you. Oreos, right? We didn't get Oreos. We got Hydrox. Doesn't that sound like an acne medicine? Enjoy your Hydrox. Dr. Pepper? No, we didn't get Dr. Pepper. We got Dr. Thunder. Anybody remember Dr. Thunder? <laughs> it's just like Dr. Pepper, except for it has a garlic aftertaste. <laughs> it's horrible. She goes, ooh, because you've only had nothing but name brands. I didn't get name brands growing up, right? Shasta, anybody remember Shasta Cola? You get like 20 cans for a nickel. You got all the different flavors. You got strawberry, grape, orange, lemon, lime, ranch, Thousand Island. Like it was just, friend would spend the night. He's like, hey, let's have Cheerios. I'm like, good news. We got toasted whole oats, right? Right there. They're amazing. They come in, in a duffel bag that doubles as a beanbag chair. There's never a toy in the bottom of it, right? There's always a note from somebody that packages like, help me up and capture, set me free. So now when I get to go grocery shopping, I just buy whatever I want. I get so excited. As I begin to put all the goodies of heaven into my basket, I was down shopping, and, and uh, it was like Sunday night. So church, I got God in me, doing good, right? Filled and touched, and, and so I'm happy. Down there, it's like 7.30 at night, so not many people are there, and hardly any employees. I get over to the, to the butcher block, and I want to get some steaks, and, and uh, nobody's there. I'm patient. I wait there, about 10 minutes, nobody comes, looking for anyone, no one, that's fine, so I start, I go, I'll just come back, so I go do some more shopping, I come back, now we're like 20 minutes in it, nobody's in the butcher block, right, so like I'm, now I'm starting to get a little annoyed, I just want to get a couple steaks right there, how do we have nobody, there's no employees anywhere, so I'm, I'm looking down the aisles, and I see a manager, there he is right there, right, and I know he saw me, and I know he heard me, I'm like, hey, and then you know how they just take off almost running, 
you, you know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, and so, you know, I got, I got, and so I'm hauling. I'm like, hey, hey. And so finally he like turns around. He's like, yes. And you, he's annoyed. I can already tell he's annoyed, right? And so now I'm on the verge of annoyance. And so, but I'm trying to be, be a pastor. I'm, try, I'm trying to Joel Osteen. I always try Joel Osteen. I'm just trying to be, hey, how are you doing? He's like, hey, yeah, what, what can I do for you? And so he's all business. And so I go, well, I'm trying to get a couple steaks over at the butcher block. And uh, nobody's over there. He goes, yeah, you'll just have to wait. And I go, well, no, no, I already waited. I've waited like almost 20 minutes now. And he goes, I guess you'll have to wait longer. And that bothered me greatly. <laughs> so I simply got out of the driver's seat of my emotions. I said, hey, anger, why don't you drive us for a little while? <laughs> See where this takes us. I know, I'm kind of tired of driving. And then I do, I, I do, I don't do, I try not to do, right? Where I, I slide into like pastor mode, but it's angry, <laughs> put you down pastor mode, like in some of those old churches, like churches where, where I'm going to tell you how to be a better person, but it's not in a kind, it's a very condescending way. I'm like, you're better than this. Are you kidding me? They teach you this in manager school? It's like the worst manager I've ever heard of in my life. Go sit down and think. I said, are you kidding me? That's not how you manage people. That's not, you lead people. You're supposed to be a giver. I'm the customer. You're not the customer. You're supposed to be taking care of me. I'm not supposed to wait around. All right? I go, so I need you to go down there. I need you to find me somebody and give me a couple steaks. And he goes, wait, you don't have to be a boop about it. And then he started, and so he's walking. And I'm like, I'm a boop. Yeah, you're being a boop, right? I'm getting ready to be on TikTok here. This is going to be a great TikTok video. You're all like, you're watching when you're like, oh, that's crazy. And you go, wait, that's Pastor Scott. Oh, yeah, that's where we were headed. I'm walking down, and I'm just fired at him, fired at him. I'm just doing it right, just like any great pastor would. As we go all the way down, and we get to the butcher block, and then behind there in, in the butcher, Mary. Great has been butchered for my, I don't know how long. She's just always the happiest, most encouraging, amazing person back there. And she's got her big old smile. I'm like, where? I'm thinking to myself, where you been, Mary? Like, we wouldn't have this thing. What have you been doing? Right? And so he goes, hey, I need you to help this. Boop. And he literally called me a name to Mary. And, and then he walked away. And then I'm like, so then I go to Mary. And, I'm, and she's like counseling me. I'm like, you know what? He's a jerk. He, he's hard. He's the worst manager I've ever in my whole life. I'm going to call corporate, right? And in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to get him fired, right? This is Pastor Scott. Like, in my mind, I'm playing it out too. I get him fired. And I'm like, woo. And then I see him pushing like a shopping cart outside one day. And I'm like, boom, throw one. Like, I'm playing it all out in my mind. So angry. Right? And Mary's like, and Mary doesn't know what to do. She's like, well, can I get you some steaks? And I'm like, yeah, give me some steaks, Mary. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just, right? I'm angry. And she's just so, and then all of a sudden, take a deep breath, get back in the driver's seat. And I go, I'm better than that. And I said, I said Mary, I'm sorry. I said, I'm better. I'm better. I, 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 that's horrible of me. I, I'm so, I'm not that way. I'm, I'm, I'm a nice person. I'm kind. I said, what's his name? She told me. And so I, I got to go. I'm going to go find him. So I had to go looking for him, right? And so I find him, right? And he's trying to get away from me again now because he didn't know what this crazy little guy's going to do. He's like, oh my God, right? And I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. And he goes, okay. You know how they do like he's bad, right? Because I need more water. So I go, no, no, no. I'm being serious with you. I, that was very wrong of me. And uh, I don't want to, I'm not that person. I, I'm not that mean. I just let my emotions get the best of me. And I started to say very hurtful things. And, and I really want you to forgive me. I'm really sorry for the things that I said. And I was 100% in the wrong, which I wasn't. That was a lie. Just so you all know, I wasn't. He was like 90%. But I'm not satisfied. I'll be wrong. He can be right. Everything's good. And uh, he finally, you could tell like when, when something breaks in there. And he goes, 
Well, thank you very much, right? And so then we, like, for the next few, I, he didn't work there anymore, I, and I didn't get him fired. I just didn't you know, like, right? And so he, he, he would help me. We were always happy and saying hello. And what my point is here is, once again, that I could have kept the fire going. But I had the opportunity, because you know what I don't want? Is for him to be on, on YouTube and go wake up and go, hey, that's the beep that I, I don't want that. I don't want to be that. I can't be that. And we can't be that. So many times we burn it down. And I know that we make mistakes in our emotions. And this week you probably, we all do, right? You get, went off on the, on, the, on the Starbucks person. But why not go back and say, hey, I'm sorry. I so apologize. I, 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 right? Right? As, Sometimes the apology and water on it is more powerful than never doing it before. They get to see our humanity, but they get to see something different than they never see with the world. That we are people that have no trouble saying sorry. We have no trouble saying that we are wrong, even when we're 90% right. We have no trouble being wrong so that we can make the relationship right. There are people in your world that need somebody to be wrong. Everybody out in the world is right. Everybody's right. Why can't we be wrong to make things right? They want to take, good, you take. I'm going to be the giver. You want the best seat? Let me give you the best seat. I'll take the worst seat because Jesus said this. He said, don't go after the best seat. He goes, if you go after the worst seat, I will catapult you into the best seat. If you'll be last, I'll make you first. But if you try to be first in everything, God says, guess what? You don't get to be first then. Come on, somebody in this house. Let's be different in our lives. Be wrong in your marriage. You say that. Oh, we're going to be wrong this week in our marriage, and it's going to make your marriage right. Some of you teenagers, you think you're right about it. You are wrong, actually. That's the truth. You're just wrong. I'm just telling you, you're wrong. Come on, somebody. That's the best, you're like, that's the best part of the sermon right there. Man, my kids listen to that all week long. Oh, you're all upset. Your parents asked you to do the dishes. Oh, my hard life. I feel so bad for you. They work 50, 60 hours so you can have a nice phone in your pocket. And they're so horrible people because they want you to do the dishes. Instead of being mad about them doing the dishes, be glad for the things that your parents have given to you and do it with a joyful heart. Don't try to be right. You ain't right. Be wrong. And let's be that congregation that goes into our job, our office, our world, into our families. And we are wrong. Just be wrong. And you'll find that your relationships get so right because you are putting water on the fires of the relationship and watching God bring to you an inheritable blessing that isn't just for you, but it goes for generation to generation to generation. If you were learning anything today out there and you're watching online, I encourage you to be a giver. Give whatever God puts on your heart. And that's for all of us here at the church. Whatever God puts on your heart, we're a tithing church, but you can come here for free your whole life. That's all right. That's, that's what's different than the Denny's. You can't go to Denny's for free. You can go to church for free as long as you want. But God says where your treasure is, so is your heart. Many ways to give. I encourage you to live a life of giving. Different than the world. God's principles are different. Bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity right now. Simple, it's easy. We think that somehow we got to be perfect. That's not how God does things, Right? God's like, no, 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 you can't be perfect. I was perfect. Jesus was perfect, so you don't have to. All you have to do is ask Jesus into your heart. Believe you died on the cross and raised from the dead. The Bible says you're saved. Yeah, you'll make mistakes. You'll have butcher moments like I did, right? But it doesn't change your heaven. It may change your earth. That's why we want to make better decisions. That's why it's important to go to church, learn, and to grow. So we make better decisions. But your eternity is secured as soon as you say this prayer and believe it in your heart. Everybody say it out loud so nobody's embarrassed. Dear Father, I ask you right now 
come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all my sins and was raised from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen.